0: Welcome to Condensed Matter, condensing recent work in metaphysics and the philosophy of science down to what matters. I'm your host, Sam Kenton Nudd. The focus of this episode is Elizabeth Barnes' paper, Going Beyond the Fundamental. Feminism in Contemporary Metaphysics, published in the Proceedings of the Aristotelian Society in 2014. Metaphysics is concerned with how the world is in a very broad or abstract sense. So while physicists, for example, are concerned with cataloguing what physical properties and laws of nature there are in our world, metaphysicians are concerned with what it is to be a property or a law of nature. And while biologists are interested in the processes that underpin human life. Metaphysicians are interested in what it is to be a person, and in virtue of what persons can exist at different times. Examples like these may help us to get clearer on what metaphysics is, but they fall way short of a definition of metaphysics. Saying what metaphysics itself is, is notoriously difficult. Nevertheless, attempts have been made in recent years to more precisely define metaphysics and this has been motivated in large part by sceptical attacks on metaphysics, according to which it's not an autonomous and valuable mode of inquiry into the nature of reality, but rather boils down to linguistic disputes and confusions. In this paper, Elizabeth Barnes surveys some recent accounts of what metaphysics is, and criticises them on the grounds that they do not include important topics in social ontology, and the metaphysics of gender in particular. The first answer to the question, What is metaphysics? that Barnes discusses is Ted Sider's view, according to which metaphysics is about the fundamental nature or structure of reality. Sider is concerned with what it takes for a question in metaphysics to be substantive, as opposed to merely linguistic, conventional, or something else more trivial. According to Sider, a question is non substantive if its answer depends on our making a choice between various candidate meanings all of which have equal claim to latch onto reality's fundamental structure. Hence, the substantiveness of a metaphysical question is tied up with fundamentality. Now, Sally Haslanger is also interested in structure, but structure of a different kind. According to Haslanger, gender is a system of embedded hierarchies based on normative assumptions of perceived sex characteristics and their assumed role in reproduction within a social structure. Barnes' point is that questions about gender are not, for Haslanger, about fundamental structure. Rather, they are about much higher-level social structures. What's more, Haslanger maintains that social structures are real, but they are made by us, in a sense at least. We could have made them differently, and maybe one day they will be unmade, but this does not make them any less real. Cider does also allow for things to be partially fundamental, or partially joint-carving, where how joint-carving a thing is, is a function of its relative fundamentality, lawlikeness, and ability to feature in scientific explanations. But Barnes argues that Haslanger's social structures fail to meet all three of Sider's criteria, which she describes as scientistic, and hence Haslanger's structures are not even somewhat fundamental or joint-carving in Cider's sense. The point, then, is that Haslanger seems to have shown, contra-Cider, that important metaphysical questions of what there is and how it is must extend beyond domains of the fundamental or where reality is carved at the joints. Sider does allow that some metaphysically non-substantive debates may nonetheless be conceptually substantial, but Barnes argues that high-profile debates in the philosophy of gender cannot be cast as conceptual. They concern what gender is, not our concept of gender or the word gender. The problem with Sider's account of metaphysics is that it suggests that there is less urgency regarding questions that are non-substantive, and this seems like a wrong-headed attitude to questions in the metaphysics of gender. Next, Barnes discusses Schaffer on grounding. Schaffer argues that metaphysics should reorientate itself away from the old Quinean question, what is there, towards the question of what grounds what. The question of what there is, Schaffer argues, is generally trivial, there are all sorts of things quarks, protons, water molecules, and cities. What is more interesting is the question of what is fundamental and what grounds what. Barnes' concern is that while Schaffer may be happy to grant the existence of, for example, genders, it does not follow that they are therefore the subject of interesting metaphysics. Schaffer still seems primarily interested in the fundamental. It is questions about what's fundamental or the ultimate ground that are deep and substantive, according to Schaffer. Haslanger's arguments for the existence of particular types of social structures are a substantial undertaking, but according to Schaffer, existence questions are shallow. In general, the domain of social ontology is one in which many existence questions do not seem to be trivial and shallow in this way. What's more, genders, in Haslanger's sense, which are neither fundamental nor fully explained by the fundamental, just don't seem to be a coherent posit on Schaffer's view, and disputes about the metaphysics of gender do not typically concern what more fundamental entities' genders are grounded in. They concern what gender is. Again, an account of the nature of metaphysics as intimately tied up with fundamentality does not comfortably accommodate social metaphysics as a substantive, coherent area of inquiry. Finally, Barnes discusses Key and Door's response to deflationist attacks on metaphysics. According to Doar, our claims such as there are tables have a superficial and a non-superficial use. Dore says that most statements in English, such as There Are Tables, do not attempt to limb the basic structure of reality, and so their truth is tied up with how they are used by ordinary, competent English speakers. But since most ontologists don't take themselves to be doing ordinary language philosophy, Dore maintains that ontologists are speaking a different language, what he calls ontologies. When we are doing serious metaphysics, then, we are speaking this special language which quantifiers range only over the fundamental. A statement like, there are tables, may thus be false when speaking ontologies, if tables are not part of fundamental reality. Again, this account of metaphysics suffers because it limits its focus to the fundamental. Those engaged in social ontology are not trying to limb the universe's fundamental structure, but neither are they doing ordinary language philosophy. Dodour's approach again fails to properly count social ontology as substantive metaphysical inquiry. Barnes thus argues that it is wrong to define substantive metaphysics in terms of the fundamental. Questions in social ontology are substantive, they do not concern language or concepts, but they are decidedly not about the fundamental level either. What's more, Barnes notes that the tools of metaphysics, such as structure, essence, dependence, and so on, are an important part of inquiry in feminist philosophy. Contrary to what some meta-metaphysicians seem to think, then, these tools should not be labelled as for work on the fundamental only. I think it's interesting that the accounts of what metaphysics is that Barnes discusses are all, to some extent, motivated by the threat from deflationism and yet they seem to rule out the sort of metaphysics that perhaps constitutes the most emphatic rebuttal of deflationist critiques. A far more promising way of rehabilitating metaphysics as a substantive discipline of real value and interest is surely to fruitfully apply the tools and methods of metaphysics to important real-world issues such as gender, race, and others with which social ontologists are concerned. But if metaphysics can be shown to be substantive and valuable by being fruitfully applied to important societal issues, why get hung up on whether it concerns something other than language and concepts? I suppose if there's anything I'd be tempted to criticise here, it's the apparent acceptance of the assumption that in order to be substantive and important, metaphysics must be understood as inquiry into something like the nature of things in themselves. If the tools and methods of metaphysics can be a force for good, either by facilitating understanding or even by affecting positive social change, and arguably this is what the feminist metaphysicians Barnes mentions are doing, why must we also endorse an uber-realist meta-metaphysics? So perhaps a more modest and plausible way of replying to the deflationist attacks is to simply maintain that it doesn't matter what the correct meta-metaphysics is if the value of what working metaphysicians are doing can be demonstrated by showing how they can advance understanding and affect positive social change. Thanks for listening to Condensed Matter. Please rate and review the show on your favourite app so that more people can find it. There's also a link to the show's Patreon page in the episode notes. Your support will help towards the costs associated with hosting and production and will lead to improvements in your future listening experience. Patrons of the show will also get the chance to suggest articles and guests for future episodes.